Hello, welcome back to this episode of The Igloo with Peter Fontanella. Today's guest is Anna Turning. Anna, welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm very excited. Um, so this month is the month of April. It happens to also be Autism Awareness Month. Yes. Uh, you have a brother with autism at home, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about him in a little bit. But with autism awareness, it's always been an interesting question for me personally of like, what are we making people aware of? Because I feel like everyone has a relative yeah. knowledge of autism. What does that autism awareness, that statement mean to you? Um, means a lot of different things for me. I think the first thing that's most important to me is kind of breaking the harmful language that sometimes people use. And that could like, you know, there's just a lot of maybe not so politically correct um, language that comes with being you know, young kids in college and it has become really, really normalized. So for me, I think trying to, trying to break the stigma that anything regarding like being on the spectrum or autism or any kind of mental disability is a insult, I think would be number one for me because, which I mean, I'll probably get into this more later, but you'd be surprised how many people on the spectrum are actually a lot smarter than all of us are. Um, which I can talk about in detail later on with like my own personal experience with that. But I think that's like my number one thing that I always try to focus on is just like being a little bit kinder, being a little bit more respectful, um, being a little more patient and careful with our words. And that's not to say like, oh, I'm like super sensitive and we all need to be super careful of what we say. It's just like you're using these words so incorrectly and like you shouldn't be using them in the same way that you would say like, oh, that's stupid. Does that yes, make sense? Absolutely. So kind <clears> of <throat> what I think people should gain from that answer. Yeah. Just, which is what I'm taking away is that it's n- it is saying it's Autism Awareness Month. Yeah. But it's not just about autism specifically. Right. It is the umbrella term of students with disabilities, people with disabilities. Absolutely. And the other thing that comes with it for me too is um, – kind of being aware of like their behaviors and how to recognize them because a lot of times I think a lot of people on the spectrum maybe get written off as like oh they're a little weird they're not great in social situations when maybe instead of like being like oh that person's really weird you could take a step back and be like all right I think there's something else maybe going on so I'm going to be a little bit more patient I'm going to be kind I'm going to be you know willing to get to know this person instead of just like writing them off because you think that they're a little bit weird um and that goes for a number of things even something as for me, like simple as like ADHD right? of there's, you know, the, the crazy kid in the back of the class jumping up and down. He's not a crazy kid. He's just got ADHD. He's just right. got something else that is ailing him that he's not able to do the same things that you are. And yeah. that's okay. And I think, you know, my dad kind of took a spin on that as well because um, he's been training police officers all over the country on um, my dad's a retired police officer. And uh, his newfound career after he retired is he's now training different police departments on um, basically special needs, people with special needs, and how to appropriately assess, de-escalate, and just go about really any situation regarding somebody like on the spectrum or with some kind of learning disability um, because autism does not have like a look to it. You know, right. like they look completely like everybody else, right? When you, you just, you know, at Some first things glance. Like Down syndrome, you can right. notice with physical features. Whereas yeah. autism is. It's, it's, you know, unless they're doing something that is so distinct about it, it's kind of hard to tell right from Absolutely. the beginning. And so 
when somebody who's on the spectrum gets pulled over and they are not, you know, responding to questions or they get distracted or they get scared or they shut down or freeze or, you know, start having a panic attack, whatever it is, um, it's can be and has been taken in the past as like disrespect, like disobedience um, and they're put in handcuffs or something happens and it's just that situation could have gone so much better if they were able to recognize the signs early on and, and just I was gonna say, react uh, appropriately. Absolutely. Sorry not to cut you off. No, there. you're fine. Um, but that interaction of getting put in handcuffs and slammed on the ground or something terrible to a person with autism, child with autism, uh, that would j- just then only continue and only further their fear in 100%. the police. Yeah. So then the next time it happens, they do freak out and they do cause a scene. And even then if the first time they just shut down, they have a, a poor relationship with police or a poor outlook on police for the rest of their life. When Absolutely. in reality, one day they may need a police officer to save their life or and they won't go them, to them. or even like a family member or a friend and they're not going to want to call the police. Sure. They're going to be afraid. So that's kind of what my dad is trying to do is um, educate police officers on autism. And he always starts off with like, you know, I'm in the middle. I have been, the dad that's lost their son at a water park and can't and lost sight of him and needs help from law enforcement or from security or whatever it is. Sure. And, you know, immediately as a parent, you go to the worst, like, Oh my God, like we're going to have a search and rescue party and blah, 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 blah. And my dad's like, I've been also the police officer looking for the child. And I've in, in a situation where I lost my own child, I'm afraid to call the police, even though I am a police officer, because I don't know how they're going to interpret Eric. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to go about looking for him. Are they going to know what to do? And he's like, that's terrifying as a parent who also has had this career for 25 years sure. and knows that nine times out of 10, police officers do have the best intentions, but sometimes they're not properly it trained on that, one time that situation like it's crazy when we started doing research about this there is no other business that is doing what he's doing like on this scale that's crazy there may have been a few lectures here and there locally but nothing on the scale that he's doing and that's kind of scary that it took this long but you know thank god somebody is doing something now about it yeah and like being a special ed major in all of my classes, it, not all, but most of my classes, I'm learning about like the history of special education and how far we've come yeah. in such, a, honestly, a short amount of time in the course of our history as not just like the U.S., but in the world. Um, and it's only the past probably 70 years that we have even started to make strides mm-hmm. to benefit students with special needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find it crazy that it's only happening now. Yeah. For the rest of society. Yeah. We have a long way to go, but we're getting there. Yeah. So now I want to move into with your father at home and your Mm -hmm. mother and and your brother, Eric. Um, Your dad has his business on the side, but he also homeschools Eric. Yes, he does. Um, Can we talk about Eric's 18 now? Yeah. Um, So he's been through a lot of schooling so far in his life. What made you guys pull him out of school? Mm -hmm. How is homeschooling going? Any thoughts on public school with so child with autism? It's actually funny. I mean, I'm not going to like, I think school, the school experience that we had with Eric was relatively very positive. Like there, it was just, I mean, at least from what I, my perspective on it when, and a lot of it, I was very young. So, you know, take what I say with a grain of salt from what I saw though, everything was pretty much going well for what you would expect. Um, and so 
we had him in, I remember the first school that I remember him going to was like really far away. And it was, um, it was like this small little red like building, like small little red house. We called it playhouse because we didn't want to label it a school, school. for Eric. <laughs> yeah. um, so I remember it being, we called it playhouse. And uh, it, uh, to my knowledge, it was all special needs kids uh, in the school. And it was like a daycare almost type thing. I feel like he was like five or six when he started ask, going. Yeah. Okay. Um, again, like kind of fuzzy on the details because I was really little too. Um, but he was five and you were eight nine or whatever. whatever yeah. yeah. Um, and so that was the first school that I remember him going to. And then we put him in the public school system that in my town. Um, and great experience there. He like f- fell in love with one of the aides and like was, she's like a part of our family still. That's awesome. Shout out Miss S. Um, <laughs> and she, she and Eric like had the best relationship and she actually moved up with him. So like she was with the third graders oh, or the third so and fourth graders or something. And like she, when he moved to fifth and sixth, like she moved up with him. And that's it was, awesome. I remember when, I don't remember exactly what grade it was that, she like couldn't follow him there, but I remember it was the most devastating moment <laughs> yeah, of like of my mother's life. Absolutely. Um, and so those she, he was in a special needs classroom, right? D- during all of his public school years, but it was in a like a but it was standard in a, a public high school, school building, and it was awesome because the uh, the kids in the typical classrooms would always like have gym with them and have lunch with them and interact with them so it was like really social and like he was really in there and not like isolated which was really cool um we talk a lot about in my classes about like the differentiated instruction and inclusion classes and all of those different styles of learning and we talked about how uh i think last semester even about how um inclusion classes and like including students from all different backgrounds whether it's Mm -hmm. you know race and ethnicity or special education or not special education, all of those different inclusion-based classes benefit people on both sides, or you could say yeah. every side. Yeah. When you're looking at the side from Eric of, yes, he gets to interact with all of these other kids and socialize with kids that could be friends one day. You also get to see the, circling back to Autism Awareness Month, mm-hmm. the education of those general ed classes mm-hmm. where those kids who might not have had an interaction with a child with special needs or, or a kid that they're, that's their age that has special needs, and they get to do that. And I think yeah. that's super special. And an aspect that people don't talk about enough is like the education is just as important for the other side. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I never thought about it like that. Um, it was cool. It was he had he had like a few girls that always like looked out for him. <laughs> yeah, of and course he did. I will always hold them near and dear to my heart for that. Uh, just because I mean I was older I didn't go to that school I couldn't be there and so knowing that he was in good hands was always a very comforting feeling Uh, so then when he graduated eighth grade um, we put him in a uh, special like a special needs high school it was all for special ed and that was kind of where things I think took a turn Um, only because I have to pretty much blame it on COVID just because like I don't think that I think he would still be in school if it wasn't for COVID um because he always had like really bad anxiety going to school. Like it was never his favorite thing in the world, but he did it. And you know, nobody, no kid wants to go to school. So it wasn't sure. to the point where we were like, oh, we should pull him out. Um, Cause I got anxiety from going to school. Nobody was right. pulling me out of school. Right. So I think where it really took a turn was COVID because um, you know, it's not rocket science that you can't pull 
kids on the spectrum out of their routine like this uh, ever yeah and so Especially not that that was long. the school's fault or anything like they were doing what they had to do but you can't have a special education class online like just point blank um yeah, silly. no child on the spectrum especially like younger too like no five-year-old with autism is going to sit in front of a computer all day and have a productive learning experience verbal non-verbal it doesn't end matter of the spectrum yeah. you want to say that's not going to happen yeah. we didn't we are we didn't have a productive yeah. learning experience behind a computer don't so, tell any of my professors but i would sit there log on <laughs> say hello with my camera on yeah turn it off She'd ask if I can hear her, the professor. Mm -hmm. I'd type in the text thing, yes, and then I'd go lay in my bed and scroll through TikTok. I think we all did. Because and that's I think, what you do, like, yeah. What, like, and I don't think any of them would blame us. Like nobody, That was not ideal for anybody. Everybody hated it. The professors hated it. We hated it. Every student everywhere hated it. Eric, I feel like, would just not even do that first part. No. Would Your mom would sign on to the computer. And, and go, Eric hi, and then bounce. Run away. <laughs> um, <laughs> jump in the pool. Jump in the pool or on the hoverboard or <laughs> yeah. whatever. Um, but when but it was it was like getting crazy to the point where like he would sniffle or cough and i have this theory that eric like coughs as a stim like like it's it's not something that he necessarily needs to do but it's something that like his body does does that make sense yeah you like feel it in your throat yeah it, like like it's like a tick it doesn't you know sometimes he probably needs to cough i'm like over analyzing sure, everything but sure. like sometimes he probably coughed more than he needed to and like the pro and the professors the teachers were like, oh my God, he has COVID. You can't come back for two weeks. Oh my God. And like my mom and my dad are like, I, we can't like, we can't like, keep telling him yeah. like you, oh, you don't have to go to school for two weeks, but then you're going to go back. And then who knows when you'll be taken out again, but then someone in your class is going to get COVID. And now we're going to be out again for another two weeks or a week or whatever it is. Like it was never a consistent time frame. It was, it was always getting shut down. He was always going back, coming home, getting sent home. If you started coughing, like whatever it was, maybe once or twice. Like I don't know if he ever actually got COVID, but or like tested positive. But he, it was just a mess, and that was kind of I. I think he always had, like I said, that like school anxiety. Um, but that was where my parents realized, like he is so. This is doing more harm than good at this point. We're just gonna pull him out and do it ourselves. And it was the best decision that I think my parents have ever made I was say. in regards to Eric, because literally he is a different kid and like, we'll ask like my, my grandmother got him a math book for fun the other day. And he <laughs> sat there for 45 minutes and did like 20 pages of math. Oh my goodness. I don't know how we're related, but <laughs> yeah. he's, well, he's good at math. I'm like, I'm supposed if I was good at math, maybe I think I, I would think it was fun too. But, um, he only cares about the approval of like my dad and my grandpa. Like that's it. Pop up as I call him. As, he only as cares about know the what they're talking about. Yeah. He only cares about the approval of them. He, I'm sure he like wanted to do well for his teachers. He liked getting like positive feedback from his teachers, but it doesn't hit the same for him as like when he gets a math question. Right. And my dad's like, yes, like good job. High five, five buddy. Yeah. And like you can see in my brother's eyes, like, how proud and how happy he is to just like make my dad happy. Like I wake up every morning when I'm home to like, like we, I Cheers. share a wall with the, 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 my dad's office and um, that's where they do like my brother's school. So I wake up every morning to, yeah, good job, Eric. And I hear high fives and I hear Eric laughing and they're doing it at 8am, which is great. Because of course. Um, and it's just, it's so special to see him get so excited that he's doing so well. And like, he's picked up 
topics that I don't even think I could pick up at his age. So it was crazy. Well, that was gonna be my next question. As amazing as all of that is, how is your dad able to keep up? I don't know that I'd be able to keep up with Eric's math trial and error. Yeah. How does he, not even that. How does your dad know? Long division. To teach the lesson. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know. He d- he bought a curriculum, and I think he just kind of like goes off of that. I know that I could never teach math, but um, I think it kind of gives you an instruction on how to do it. And I don't know. I don't know how he does it, but I also think like Eric does really grasp the concept. Like my dad will like use a lot of props and like sure. If you have three tactiles, you know, if you have three, he has like you know like three poker chips. Yeah, and, it's like and then is like, and you multiply it by three. And then he'll put them all and whatever and show him and however he figures it out. I don't know, but he does. And I was, he's better at math than I will ever be. That's for sure. (laughs) He's better at math than a lot of us will be ever. Um, He has the calendar memorized. I was going to say, if you want to talk about that. Yeah. I don't know if this is math or what, or if this is memorization. I think he has a photographic memory because if I ask him, oh, like what day of the week is January 10th, 2025, he'll be like Wednesday. And, and I don't know how he Wednesday. does it, but it's weird because he does have a little pause. Like he sits and he thinks about it and then blurts out his answer. So I'm like, you're either like checking your mental pictures or you're doing math. My dad says flipping through the, I don't even know if this is the right terminology, but flipping through the Rolodeck. What does that mean? Are we I, too young? To I, think too, I think we're too. I think we're showing our age here, but you know, in like a picture, like an old office, and yeah. you got the like stack of like index cards. Yeah, but it's not a stack. It's in like the it's like laminated. It's in like the flippable. Yeah, like yeah, like the money counting machine. I think it's similar to that. And yes, that's what that's what Eric's doing. I think because also I could be totally wrong about this Rolodex thing. If I show him a picture, like if I show him a family picture that we took at some random summer, some random day some random beach he will be like oh that was taken on july 14th 2012 and we're all like what like how did you know that like it's some random beach picture like we're not showing him like dates that like i remember the fourth of july 2012 yeah like i'm not anna's not blowing out candles wearing a birthday hat and i'm like what's the date like he knows my birthday you know what i mean like these are random dates but what's interesting is i don't think you'll ever get to the bottom of it only because he Eric's verbal, but he's not the most it's talkative. Yeah, he's talkative, but it's not like perfect sentences. It's like it's things that you can understand, but you're not having a conversation. No, not always. It's gotten a lot better, but he can communicate what he wants like fully. Absolutely. But the reason I think you won't get to the bottom of it is because he's not going to say, oh, I know that this is this date because we went there and the color of the sand was different than any other beach we've been to. And that's the only time, like, yeah. he doesn't give yeah. a reason. He just no, tells he just you knows it. it's this because it, it just is. is. Yeah. And if you disagree with that, you're wrong. No. And sometimes like, I don't have a specific example of this right now, but there are times where I feel like we do get a little glimpse into his thought process. It'll be through like something very small that he says, and we'll make the connection in our heads later and be like, that's how he knew that. You I don't have a, a specific one. example though. Oh, I can't remember what it was. We can come back to it. We if will. You, remember. you told me a crazy one one time and it blew my mind. If you remember, cut me off whenever and we'll, Deal. and we'll go through it. But yeah, that's, that's my brother. Eric sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Eric is awesome. Um, so now I want to talk about your life and your parents' sure. life around Eric. Yeah. Um, Kind of like 
catering your life around him mm-hmm. in both positive and negative ways. You've had to make sacrifices for him. Sure. And as every sibling does, I've had to make sacrifices for my siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, not, I guess not as big ones. Um, what would you say is something that you had to go through that you think is atypical of like a brother, sister, yeah. sibling relationship? It's hard because, well, first of all, he's my only sibling. So this was like for a long time, you know, when I was younger and didn't know any better. Like this was all that I knew. So I think um, a lot of it came in the smaller moments of having to leave a restaurant because he was maybe having an outburst or, you know, leaving a family party early because he wanted to go to bed or him he had really bad um he still kind of does anxiety around the holidays like christmas for some reason like he loves christmas but it it drives him like it gets him worked up like he's so excited for the presents but like in the way of like he actually can't sleep and like actually when you and i don't can't sleep we toss and turn and we don't bother anybody and whatever but when he can't sleep it's everyone's problem right (laughs) so um he would not sleep until like all the presents were opened not because like he wanted the presents but because the the experience of opening the presents like i i can't even really put it into words it just like was a, something that was looming over his head and drove him crazy not in a, but it's not it's not, that sounds in a negative way it's hard to explain sure but either way i was opening my christmas presents at 2 a.m <laughs> on christmas eve i think i've got a connection okay to what i think you're trying to say so correct me if i'm wrong here but you know when you are like oh my birthday's in 10 days like i'm really looking forward to my birthday and then you have a great birthday like your birthday comes up and you have a great birthday but you didn't do anything crazy you didn't want to do anything crazy like this Mm -hmm. past birthday of mine i turned 22 like nothing really happens and i wasn't expecting anything to happen i didn't want anything to happen i wanted to have like a nice dinner with my friends go out and grab a drink and then go home and go to bed and like mm-hmm. have a good day. And right. I totally did. Right. But there was one point, I think at like 3 PM, I was sitting in my house by myself. I was like, I'm having a great day, but I'm kind of bummed out right now. Like what's, I feel like I should be doing something with my day, blah, blah, yeah. blah. I feel like That's Eric has that on like times a thousand. Of yes, like, I need this to be perfect because it's a special day and I only get it once a year and I always had fun in the past. I need it to go right. Mm-hmm. And then that drives him crazy. Yeah, and instead of, like, you sitting on the couch being like, but tonight's going to be fun and this is going to be whatever, he, like, drives himself crazy and, like, needs us to open the presents. So we do, and it's fine, and I never complained. And this is the thing, too. I never, and I mean this wholeheartedly, I am not just saying this, I never once felt that I was missing out on something or that I, you know, was giving up something or I don't know. Like I never had FOMO of having typical siblings ever. Like I really never did. I always felt like I was the one that got lucky. I was the one that, you know, everyone should be jealous of because my brother's cooler than everyone else. Like that's really how I felt. And, you know, it's cool now that I'm older and I have people in my life that I'm close with, with typical siblings, because like, for example, my best friend, Emma growing up, she, Um, I would go on all these family vacations with her and I would travel with her family and we would, I'd be at her house every day in the summer. Um, and she has a sister and like sisters, they bicker all the time. And her sister became like an older sister to me. 
Um, and it was just fun to be in that environment and like kind of feel that dynamic. And now with you and your siblings, um, I kind of feel like I have that sibling dynamic with them Absolutely. now. They love to pick on me and I love every minute of it. Really it's my favorite thing in the world. Um, and has progressed to <laughs> not just walking in my room and flipping us off. He'll come and like jump on us. We're like, get off. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And that I feel like is the epitome of. And a, flip like me a, off. Oh and yeah. I love every second of it. And it's so funny. Like when I come over to your house for dinner and you know, somebody took Mary's bread. It was me. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> Eric's trying to do some contraption. Somebody, yeah. The whole trying thing. to light something on fire. Tommy's yelling. Tommy already lit something <laughs> on fire. Um, and it's just chaotic because there's so many of you and yeah. your mom's always like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like I'm thriving right now. I love <laughs> this because it's not in the way of like, oh, I never had this growing up and I wish I did. It's just like a new fun experience. And now I truly feel like I have the best of both worlds, which is really cool. Yeah. And you get to, and, and I get to do the, the, yes. In the, on the flip side, I get to do the same thing. Um, I feel like my family's the stereotypical like <laughs> cheaper by the dozen style family of dinners in 10 minutes and all hell just broke loose <laughs> and you know the, yeah. the house needs to be cleaned by the morning because the aunts and uncles are coming over the cleaning lady's coming over. yeah but the, the the cleaning lady came last week or we've seen the aunts and uncles every single day this week they know what my room looks like they know when it's messy but it, there's all chaos all the time and somehow it all runs smoothly eventually. Yeah. Um, but we are a madhouse and it's so fun. Yeah. It's not even, it's honestly not even the, the t um, now I'm getting the typical sibling dynamic. I'm also getting the multiple sibling dynamic. Yeah. Like, because um, it's just, there's so many, there's four of you and you're all, you're the oldest. So they're all, you know, in theory younger and it's just, I don't know. It's super fun. Yeah. It's uh definitely different it is but my situation is different too but and again like I would not change it for the world I think I lucked out and I love my brother more than anything in the entire world he is the coolest person that you'll ever meet so yeah that's great happy autism awareness month happy autism awareness month uh, I want to take a quick turn sure. to more of your personal life okay not just with your family um but your past with different sports, living at the Jersey Shore, a whole lot to talk about, about your Heck life yeah. specifically. Um, so I want to start with gymnastics. Yes. You were a big gymnastics rat all of I was. your whole life until It was the only thing graduation. I was good at. <laughs> um, I tried cheerleading when I was like five and then I realized I only liked the tumbling part of it. So my mom was like, okay, gymnastics. So I started gymnastics in the same gym that I was doing cheerleading and fell in love with it and I just stuck with it until I graduated high school. So I did it for 14 years, stayed in the same gym, club gym, the entirety of that time, had a lot of different coaches. There was a few core coaches cause it was a family business. So there was a few coaches that were the same. Like the, the bald uncle that would always harass. <laughs> Something like that. Um, and so it became like a second home to me for sure. That's awesome. Spent a lot of hours in that cinder block, dusty, chalky, sweaty, <laughs> gross gym. But Humid in it the was winter. mine. So that's what <laughs> um, well, that's great. Um, I now want to touch on living basically at the beach. You're yeah. one town in from the Jersey Shore. I am. Uh, what was that like? You went to, ooh, we'll touch about private school in a minute. Sure. Um, 
but you went to high school right up two blocks away from the Jersey yes, Shore. The I'm beach. very lucky. And I know that. And the thing is, I, d- I think until I got to high school, maybe even like halfway through high school, I didn't realize how cool that was. Because when you grow up near the beach, it is really something, unfortunately, that you take advantage of and that you don't see as such a, a privilege and like something that like I don't know. I just never thought of it when I was younger as like, oh, people don't have the beach. Like to me, it's just it's right there and it's the beach. So I always say when I'm home, I need to make up for lost time and go as much as I possibly can because Absolutely. I won't live there forever. And Monmouth County has beautiful, 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 clean beaches, yeah. huge beaches. Um. I think it's funny stories that you've just told me briefly of like the delinquents at your, again, private high school. So maybe, delinquents. A, little, maybe a little different than mine, <laughs> um, but you would have kids that would skip class to go surf. Oh yeah. That is like a and foreign also, concept to me. For me, I don't know how it was in your high school because your high school was a lot bigger than mine. Um, <clears throat> but for me, it was like, if you, you don't, skip class like if you were skipping you're skipping the whole day it's all or nothing and if you're coming in late you have to have a note and like signed by a doctor like parent something so there was no like you once you go in for the day you're not leaving unless you're leaving for lunch and you have to literally give in your driver's license in order to go for lunch whoa i didn't know that you don't get in your car um no way well i went to school like that honestly sounds crazy but i went to school in a beach town so like there's restaurants everywhere there was no need for us to get in the car but Same thing with me, but still, that sounds crazy. That was, like, it was very kept on lock. So wow. these kids, I would pull up to school. I'd park my car. There'd be two guys getting out of the Jeep, their Jeep Wrangler. Sure, <laughs> and, of course. Um, in wetsuits. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, we're going surfing. The waves are huge. And they want to go to school. They'd go surfing. That's crazy. I Lucky never learned them, how to though. surf, but. We'll teach you one day. I want to talk uh, more specifically about your high school and just the religion side of things. Sure. Not about like, oh, you had to take religion classes and what's your take on religion. Mm-hmm. But what's it like having nuns as teachers and stuff like that? I have to say my, I went to like a K through 12 sure. uh, grammar school is what we called it because it was K through 12. But that school was a lot more what you would imagine when you hear like private Catholic The old school. wrinkly mean nuns yeah. that you see um, in the movies. Wearing like the, the whole, whole get, get up. up. <laughs> <laughs> um, smacking you with rulers. Not actually, but that kind of, that was very much the vibe. And very old fashioned religious trauma left and right. <laughs> like sure. just, it was very typical, like what you would imagine, like very, you know. Stuff you've seen in the movies. Yeah. Um, which... We can go into a whole different thing about why I feel like it's a little bit damaging for kids. I'm so grateful that religion is part of my life. I don't want to make it sound like I'm not religious or anything because I am. I totally am. But I think there's a lot of things that took me a while to break free of the like older school way of thinking. And it's when you're dealing with certain issues it's not right to push them on children so young, in my opinion. I can get behind that. Um, and so that was kind of like, there was some instances there where I felt like there was a lot of that. Um, and also the school was so small and like I had my own issues with like mean girls and stuff there that had nothing to do with religion or anything like that. Sure. But it was just 
wasn't the greatest environment in the world. I'm so grateful for it. Like my best friend in the whole world is that's where I met her. And I am the person I am today because of it, like because of that school. Sure. So no complaints, just that was definitely my typical like religion, Catholic school experience. High school, yes, same thing, private Catholic school, but it was a lot more progressive and it was a lot more, like when I took religion classes there, it wasn't, this is right and wrong, we are right, everyone else is wrong, you know, about religion and what we believe. It was very much, this is what other religions believe. This is how it's similar to what we believe. And this is why we all kind of, at the end of the day, want the same thing. We just look at it in different ways and call it different things and practice different ways. And Believe that, what you want to believe, but here's what I know about yeah. these different topics. No, but I really appreciated that outlook. And the religion teacher that taught me world religions, actually, was a nun. Um, and in high school, they um, my mom's going to laugh at this, but I don't know what the different genres of nuns were where like some could dress up and some couldn't i know that there was like different leagues sure. <laughs> i don't know what else to call i don't it. know what the right there is a word is. for it but i forget um i feel like leagues or genres <laughs> aren't the right two but there's something out definitely there. wasn't the two that i said but that's okay and so this nun was actually the one that taught me all of that her name was sister marie she was a queen i loved her another shout out shout out sister um, marie and she was so good about bringing us all together and making us appreciate other religions and embrace them instead of being like, this is wrong, we're right, and this is why. Like, it just, that makes so much more sense to me. I feel like if you look at the world, if you have a, a worldly outlook of everything is sunshine and rainbows, yeah, religion sounds awesome. Yeah. And then you look at it from like a conspiracy theory, everyone's out to get me perspective. Religion sounds scary, mm -hmm. just from like the horror stories that mm. people have told. And I think the first one is a much better, more fun way to look at one, the world, but two, religion. We're all just trying to be the best people that we can be. And we need to hold ourselves accountable and have something to work for and have something to look up to. And that is how we do it as humans. And I think it's really, really cool that the way that you go about that can differ so much depending upon your upbringing. And I truly was never shown that perspective until senior year high school religion class. And I think that that's really, I don't know. I just, I really appreciated high school, my high school specifically of how they had such a good balance of religion, the Catholic religion, but also being very modern and sure. very with the times. Yeah. I think it's hard to find that yeah. in a lot of not just religions, but like politics even today. Yeah. It's like hard to find the middle ground of like, this is what everybody, this is what different people think. Mm -hmm. And that is nice that you get to find that. Yeah. Like I went to a private Catholic high school and there was a lot of gay kids in my school and I remember, I'll never forget this, my principal, one kid wore these like rainbow platform shoes to prom. And my principal thought they were so cool. <laughs> and we all, had, we had convocation. We didn't have homeroom in the morning. We have convocation. So everybody gathered in the um, gym every morning and sat in different places depending upon your grade. And we had morning announcements like live in the gym every day. 
and I never forget like he put those shoes up on the big screen and like made the kid come down and was like give him a round of applause like That's look at these so shoes awesome. are you kidding me and I just was like this is really cool you never because this that is that never what happened. you would expect from the yeah. school and I personally think that that's the bare minimum in the world right like right. but given where we were and given I didn't I hadn't seen what I see now on social media and like how far we've come you know as a society back then in high school and from again what I had seen growing up that was really cool and yeah. I was like I'm gonna remember that because this special. is what it should be yeah and I feel like we're finally kind of getting there a little bit totally um I think the way that people view a lot of those like changes you could yeah. argue is the norm should be get with the times mm-hmm but it's so hard for so many people to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there was some staff member that was not happy about that showing of the rainbow shoes. Maybe, but they but didn't who say cared? Anything. I don't know. Because the leadership is showing that that is the norm. Yeah. That is the standard. That's how it should be. Absolutely. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to push a little further into your college life. Sure. And talk about Greek life, which we are both very passionate about. Mm-hmm. You, uh, last semester and the semester before, for the calendar year, you were your sorority's pledge mom. I was. I would the best love thing for you I've ever done in my whole life. <laughs> I was just saying, I'd love for you to talk about that some more. Um, that was something, it actually makes me genuinely emotional talking about it because I remember my bid day. First of all, I never wanted to be in a sorority. Literally could not have been further from what I thought I should be doing. I was so socially anxious thought that I would not thrive in that environment whatsoever. So when I came to college, basically my goal was do it as differently as you can from high school as possible. Because I know I just talked like greatly about my high school because it was great, but I was not talking to anybody. I didn't go to parties. I didn't go out. I was known because my school was small, but I wasn't like thought of in the way of like let's invite Anna to go to this party let's invite Anna to go get dinner and that's fine that I did it to myself like no like I'm not like woe is me but I didn't want that for myself in college I really wanted to be in the thick of it so I don't know what (laughs) came over me but I decided to sign up for recruitment and I ended up going Zeta and it was the best thing I've ever done. And I remember on my bid day, my pledge mom, who I didn't know who she was at the time, we had like taken a group picture with our pledge class and she like knelt down in front of us. And I remember all the other older girls like standing around her being like, that's their mom, that's their <laughs> mom. And I was like, whatever it is, I want to do it. That's like awesome. that sounds so fun. And then it really locked it in when we started doing all the new member process stuff with her because I loved her so much and she was so good at making us feel like we belonged there and like we were wanted there and she didn't have like the you're lucky to be here attitude she had the we're lucky to have you attitude and I was gonna my next question was gonna be what did you take from her that you had in your own member process but that we're we're lucky to have you attitude because she was what I needed when I was a freshman and I wanted to like take it and double it and give it to the next person. Sure. That's what I wanted to do. Um, So that was what I did. And I had an absolute blast 
with these new members and I love them so much. I'm just so excited to have something to root for. Like when I graduate, sure. like I'm going to watch them forever and they just have changed my life and they have no idea that they mean this much to me. Or maybe they do. Cause I tell them like 400 times I a think day. They're slowly. <laughs> um, but people don't understand like why I take it so seriously because it sounds so trivial. You know, it's a sorority and she's a pledge mom and whatever. But you took freshmen who are, it's their first time away from home, you know, with COVID and everything, they were really living at home for a while. Mm-hmm. And you are their first or maybe it, there's two weeks until two weeks between the day that you get here and like recruitment. So maybe there's somebody else out there, but you were their first interaction with like a leadership figure that is supposed to take care of them, supposed to look out for them. It was just such a full circle moment for me too, because I wanted it from my freshman year and then I did it. And it was just super cool to see how much I had grown because the thing was as much as I wanted it my freshman year, not that I like ran for it my freshman year, but just saying like I knew I wanted it freshman year, but I also knew that I was in no position mentally emotionally to be able to take that on so it wasn't just I want to do that it was I want to be in a place mentally physically emotionally where I can do that because I knew that that would be so difficult to take on I found out not long after my bid day that she was the one that planned bid day and that is no easy thing to do it's a really big event so it's a lot of pressure and I was like, if I could ever do that one day and I could ever not have a mental breakdown every two minutes trying to do that, I would be really, really proud of myself. I think you said this phrase and I really liked it. If you can do all that, then you've won college. Yeah. Like if you can socially get out there and. Especially from where the point that I was, that I came that in. That you started from. Yeah. Like you started from not wanting any part of that, being totally scared and not wanting to go out to those parties and be around those big crowds to running the room, yelling at people of like, yeah. stand here. We're taking a picture. Yeah. You need to be over this way. Blah, blah. And being that leadership that you looked up to, you finally got to step into those big shoes. And there were girls that there's girls every year, you know, a couple weeks into it, they start to be nervous about, did I make the right decision? Did I belong here? I'm not making friends maybe as quickly as some of the other girls. And I was that girl. And being able to, when that was brought to me, when that those feelings were brought to me by one of them, being able to look at them and say, like, I literally was you. I did this. Trust me. Stick with it. Give it time. It's different for everybody. Put everything that you have into this, and I promise you, you will get out everything you wanted and more. Not only being able to say that to them, but then having it work. Right. Like those girls are thriving now and it's so cool to see that my advice resonated with them and they have come to me and been like, thank you so much for encouraging me to give this the full shot and give it another shot and, you know, thank you for getting me out of my shell. And it's just like, that is the most rewarding thing that I have done at college, 1000%. That's amazing. So I've got like kind of an overarching question for you of... You have, I would say, learned a lot from experiences that people, that the, the norm of society don't experience. And it sounds like you've learned a lot from those experiences. What Can you uh, name an experience? What are you talking about? As in, you have a brother with autism. Oh, you okay, were yes. Like the, generally, generally. Super generally. I got you. You were 
super scared to join a sorority in the first place. And then you became a member of their executive council. Yeah. And all of these... Not really drinking through it. Totally. I, yeah. And showing up to every frat party with me. <laughs> like, there Only are so one, many... Not every, just just one specific house. Um, You have climbed a lot of ladders. If you had to give a two-sentence, like, pep talk or... Uh, pep talks. Yeah, pep talk might be. The I have thing. an answer. I got what would you. that be? Um, I want to summarize this thought in the two sentences like you asked. So I'll try my best, but it might be like three or four. That's okay. You come into college and it feels like everything is happening all around you. And it's a privilege to be a part of it. Like in a way you don't feel a part of anything, but you see so much is happening and you feel like everyone else has all the control, is involved. It's so hard to put into words, but when you come into college, especially a college like this where everybody's on campus, there's things going on all the time. People are running things. There's stuff, so much stuff going on in the background of different things in different areas that you know nothing about, right? So to bring it back to my first sentence, you come to college, everything is happening around you, but you have no part of it. So you just feel like you're lucky to be anywhere, then four years goes by and you are the person trying to get those people to come and join and be involved and like later on fill in your footsteps. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it goes by so fast, but if you really put yourself out there, talk to the right people, make the right friends, and it's trial and error, you don't always do it right the first time, you are going to get to the place where you feel so well-connected and feel like you can really do anything you want, which is so corny. But I think what I've seen from myself and also my friends, the people around me is like, you really can climb the ladder. Yeah. Like not like a social climber. Like that's not what I no, mean. No, no, But like you can get to the top of whatever it is you want to do. You can be the person making the decisions, making the creative decisions, pulling the strings, telling people, you know, this is what needs to get done, delegating, having a hand in really big decisions. And just, I don't know, it's really, really cool to see how you come in as a freshman knowing nothing and you leave as a senior knowing a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So now with that. That was more than two sentences. I'm sorry. That's okay, though. I'll forgive you eventually. Um, before, I, this is, we're getting to the end here. I've got one last question that connects to that one. But... I want to ask you if you had any shout outs you wanted to give before we close it out. Um, shout out Zeta. Love all of you. Um, I think, oh, I, me and my mom founded a nonprofit Ooh. when I was 15 called Special Wants. And it's a really kind of long and complicated story, but I'll try and give the spark notes. Basically, something that is a very common need or problem that special needs families face is their loved ones kind of hyper fixate, I'll say, on items that are really hard to find or sensory items or toys that have been discontinued or they lose their favorite doll and only that doll is the doll. Pinky <laughs> from 2004. It doesn't, they, you can't replace over. it, like yeah. you need it, you know? Um, so I started this little Facebook group where, well, it, it was easy to do because my dad has written a blog called Bacon and Juice Boxes on Facebook for, I think, 11 or 
12 years now, maybe more. And a long time. A long time. And he's built up a really solid following from it. So when I started the group and we advertised it on Bacon and Juice Boxes, we had like a really good foundation to start off of with his audience. So people would join and they would say like, does anybody have this toy car from whatever? They don't make it anymore. And some, you know, random lady from five states away would be like, oh, I have that in my attic. And she'd send it to them. Problem solved. Oh, that's awesome. And like that toy in her attic was going to collect dust and never be seen again anyway thrown out and so it just blew my mind of like people were so willing to help we took it a step further and my mom kind of started this holiday gift exchange every year where children on the or not children families on this that have children on the spectrum sorry i'm getting like jumbled (laughs) (laughs) um can sign up with their kids christmas christmas lists wishes someone signs up to grant those wishes and sends it to them. And we've been doing that for a couple of years now. So it's been really, really fun to see what it's grown into. That's awesome and super special. Well, thank you for sharing. Thank you. Uh, for letting so, me share it. Yeah. You've got, uh, we've got one last question for you. Okay. And you being in the studio every time, uh, yeah. not to ruin the surprise. Um, <laughs> so, you know, this question's coming, so I'm not going to give my whole shtick. Yeah. But do you have any regrets? I do not have any regrets. I'm a firm believer everything happens for a reason. I know you probably get that answer all the time, but I do not have any regrets. There are definitely things that I wish maybe would have happened differently in the moment, but it's one of those things where I know that everything, even every bad thing that's happened in my life has gotten me to where I am now, and I'm very happy with where I am now. So it would be silly for me to look back and change anything because you, I also believe in the butterfly effect. Sure. And you never know what one little thing it would affect. Truly. Like I wanted to, this is not really a regret. This was out of my control, but you know, I wanted to live in blessing so bad freshman year. I wanted my own room because I was socially anxious and whatever. Do you know what would happened if I would have lived in blessing? None of the things that you just talked about. Well, True, probably, because number one, we would not have met. And number two, or like, you know, not early on and had a friendship. And And I would have locked myself in my room every single day and had no friends. Like, that is literally what would have happened, and I probably would have transferred. Yeah. But I got put in Wannick and had the best time of my life, made amazing friends, met you, and I think that that's why I'm here. So it's like, as much as in the moment, things don't go the way you want i think that's the best blessing in disguise sometimes absolutely yeah so that's not really a regret but that's how i feel no, on that the, makes sense on the top yeah <laughs> thank you um well anna thank you so much for hopping on the mic this time yeah um, i really anytime. appreciate it thank you so much for listening to this episode of the igloo happy autism awareness month make sure you call your mom and tune in next week for the next episode of the igloo that was a good one that's what i was very good